0: Welcome to Christian Financial Perspectives, a weekly program where we talk about ways to integrate your faith with your finances. This is Bob Barber.
1: This is Mary Jo Lyons.
0: Are you ready to learn the truth about money from a biblical perspective?
1: Join us as we discuss what God's Word says about money and integrating your faith with your finances. If it's your first time listening, welcome to the program. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. In this week's show, we will continue along in our series called Biblical Viewpoints of Money and Wealth. This was originally designed as a Bible study and written by my co-host, Bob Barber. The series is a deep dive into what God's word has to say about money. So we thought it would be the perfect topic to cover here on Christian Financial Perspectives. If you'd like to get a copy of the Bible study, the Bible Study Guide called Biblical Viewpoints of Money and Wealth, you can go to Amazon to order it. This series includes seven viewpoints. So Bob, let's review the first three viewpoints that we covered in our earlier sessions, the first of which serves as the foundation for the series.
0: Viewpoint number one is the difference between a biblical and secular worldview. Which truly, this is the foundation for the entire Bible study that I wrote in handling wealth from a biblical perspective. Without that foundation, it's hard to take in all the other viewpoints because it all builds on that. And then viewpoint number two is the difference between the roles of the owner, which is God, and the manager, which is us, and how our role is to be good stewards of the resources God has entrusted to us. And viewpoint number three is the biblical worldview of working and retirement. Most people don't realize that the Bible has over 550 scriptures when it talks about working, but only one, and I mean just one scripture in the entire Bible that speaks of retirement. And You know, it's not at all in the way we think of retirement here in America, but it has to do with mentoring those in the workforce that are younger than us.
1: It's just amazing. It's just one time and work is referred to so many times. I just think the contrast is unreal. And if you missed the first of these two podcasts, you can easily listen to them at christianfinancialpodcast.com. Today, we're going to cover biblical viewpoints of secular and biblical counsel and money and wealth. And for our last podcast next week, we will cover the last two biblical viewpoints of money and wealth, and that is giving and blessings, inheritance and legacy.
0: So before we get into the day's viewpoints, there's some overarching principles for the entire Bible study. The first one is, is that all financial decisions are spiritual decisions.
1: Our self-worth should not be associated with our net worth.
0: We are managers, not owners.
1: We are to manage it to glorify the owner.
0: We are a conduit of wealth. It is for flowing through us, not to stay in us.
1: Wealth does not belong to us, but to God.
0: So for today's podcast, we're going to cover viewpoint number four and five. Number four is advice and virtues, secular and biblical counsel. So a great scripture that goes with this is one you've heard us talk about many times on Christian Financial Perspectives, Proverbs fifteen twenty two: plans fell for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed.
1: You know, years ago, there was a television commercial, and it was of a baby talking a toddler about how they could trade their own stocks online without the help or advice of a financial advisor. You know, it was a cute commercial, but I think what it implied was rather foolish, that investments were so easy that a toddler could do it. And in the scripture you just read, Proverbs 15, verse 22, what does it say about seeking the advice of others? Plans fail for lack of counsel.
0: You know, according to the scripture, would you say it's wise to seek the advice of others? By not seeking wise, experienced, godly counsel? Think about what could happen. In Ecclesiastes 4 9 through 12, it gives us some more wisdom for a person who has a helper. The scripture says, Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. But if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble.
1: Another great scripture, and this is from the first book of Timothy, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, are virtues to look for in a deacon or elder in the church both being used as a guide for anyone who would seek counsel and advice from, and then they are great examples for all of us to live by and to look for in others from whom we may seek advice. And in fact, Bob, we referred to these in an earlier podcast where we talked about the virtues to look for in a financial advisor, didn't we?
0: We sure did, and we went through them. But for those that weren't able to hear that program, and I think that was actually just our third podcast, if you want to go back and listen to that, we get, really get into detail. But I am going to share with you these virtues found in First Timothy 3, 1 through 12, and I want you to think about this. So if you're looking to get some counsel from someone in anything from financial to spiritual to family counsel... These are some great virtues that are from this scripture of 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 12. First thing, do they have a good reputation in the community? So look for somebody that's been around a while and does have a good reputation. Have they been faithful to their spouse? Are they well-tempered? Are they self-controlled? Are they respected in the community? Are they hospitable? Are they able to teach and do they have a teacher's heart? Are they not given to drunkenness? Are they not violent or quarrelsome, but have a gentle spirit? Are they not a lover of money? Do they manage their own household well? Are they a mature believer in the faith? Are they sincere and honest? Do they believe in absolute truths? Are they stable? Are they not a malicious talker? Are they known for being trustworthy in everything?
1: You know, Bob, these characteristics, they can be applied to anyone from whom you're seeking counsel. And you mentioned a few of those. Others that came to mind was your CPA and your attorney should even fall into these categories. In the second book of Timothy, chapter 3, verse 2 through 5, and in the first book of Corinthians, chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, they also give us a list of types of people to avoid getting counsel and advice from. So why don't you run through those for us?
0: Yes, yeah, so I love these two lists. This first list we gave was people to look for getting counsel from. So this next one, avoid getting counsel advice from anybody with these vices. I don't want to get counsel from somebody that has these virtues. People who are lovers of themselves. People that are lovers of money. Boastful and proud. Abusive of others. Have an ungrateful attitude. Are unholy. Are not kind and loving not forgiving of others, slanderous, has no self-control, mean-spirited, treacherous, harsh, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, those that are sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, dishonesty, greedy, heavy drinkers, and those that are slanderous. That's a list. I want to stay away from anybody involved in that stuff.
1: Take a minute and reflect on your own life, your own situation. What happened the last time you failed to seek wise counsel? Did the outcome backfire on you? It usually does.
0: Experience God's provision, biblical viewpoints of money and wealth, an introductory Bible study on stewardship that can be done individually or as a couple over just seven days or in a small group setting over seven weeks. This scripture extensive study explores God's design for money, stewardship, and creating a legacy. In it, you will learn the difference between a biblical and secular worldview, the different roles of an owner and manager, God's view of work and retirement, the difference between secular and biblical counsel, handling money and building wealth from a biblical perspective, the reasons for giving, and creating a legacy and inheritance for your heirs. This Bible study on stewardship could completely change your view of money and wealth and offers freedom from the control it could have over your life. To get your copy, call 877-718-7884. Again, that's 877-718-7884. You can also go online to get your copy of Biblical Viewpoints of Money and Wealth on Amazon.
1: Up next is Viewpoint 5, Money and Wealth. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms His covenant, which He swore to your ancestors as it is today. Did you know that the word wealth appears in Scripture approximately 100 times? It is referred to in both a positive as well as a cautious manner. Wealth can be a blessing as well as a curse if it's not handled with wisdom and care.
0: You know, Mary Jo, I've seen a lot of this, especially when we had the oil boom down here in South Texas, you know, New Braunfels, Texas is in between Austin and San Antonio. We're about 45 minutes from what's called the Eagle Ford Shell that was known nationwide when they had this massive oil boom about five or six years ago. And we saw a lot of sudden wealth syndrome Actually, there's an acronym for that, SWS, and it's a real deal. I mean, if you go look up sudden wealth syndrome, you'll see it, and it can create a false sense of security and power when you get sudden wealth that many times can cause a rational person to make irrational decisions. An example of this is rejecting wise counsel from others experienced in making and handling wealth. Sudden wealth can disappear as quickly as it comes if it's not handled correctly and with the wisdom.
1: So true.
0: This is why you and I are always saying it's better to pass wisdom on than wealth and never wealth without wisdom. Many times, sudden wealth leaves a person worse off, as we've seen with many lottery winners, after a few years than before they received it. This is also very true with inheritance, which is probably the most common way to get sudden wealth. So many parents don't realize that they could be hurting their children and grandchildren more than helping them by leaving a large monetary inheritance without wisdom.
1: Bob, I couldn't agree with that more. You see this happen over and over with athletes that get signed to major league sports teams and a lucrative contract. You know, they get caught up in all the glitz and glam of sudden wealth, only to get injured early, especially early in their career, and they end up penniless. Many seek counsel from the wrong places and get taken advantage of. We also see the same thing happen to lottery winners, as you mentioned. Many end up blowing their winnings in a very short time frame.
0: So let's talk about the wise way to build or get wealth. And let's look at the scriptural reference. We've shared this many times on the podcast as well. And it's from Proverbs 13 and 11. Wealth from get rich quick schemes quickly disappears, but wealth from hard work grows over time. So the wise way to build wealth this scripture's telling us is by plain old hard work and saving over many years. I'm not saying here that some are not just blessed suddenly with it by an inheritance or a big oil and gas discovery on their land, but that's far and few between. Not many people get that blessing.
1: You know, Bob, there are some foolish ways that people try to obtain wealth, like playing the lottery, gambling, speculative investment schemes, stealing, just to name a few. They say, oh, this won't take much effort. I'll just do this and I can get some quick money. But Bob, I know you have a quick exercise that illustrates godly virtues when it comes to building wealth. Why don't you share that with us?
0: Yeah, I do. So let's assume that you own a business. You know, I'm a business owner and let's say I have three managers. So the first manager never shows up early or offers to stay late to get any work done. Manager number two shows up on time but only does what is required and nothing else. And Manager number three shows up early every day always stays late if needed, and even goes out of their way to help the business look good. So Mary Jo, which one of these three managers would you want to give more responsibility to or possibly even a raise?
1: Well, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. I'm thinking manager number three.
0: I believe that too. (laughs) So you think about it. When we look at these three managers, and we're going to have a scripture here. We've read Proverbs 13, 11, and now we're going to come up on Luke 16, 10 through 12. So I want you to think about something as you're hearing this. Do you think our Heavenly Father does the same thing? You know, you pick manager number three by seeing how we manage the small amounts of money that he's given us before he allows us to manage more. And I think he does. And this scripture really speaks into that.
1: Luke 16 verses 10 through 12 is a great scripture that speaks to the virtues of building wealth. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own?
0: So you think about this scripture, and when our Heavenly Father allows us to receive say a a large bonus or a large windfall of money, like an inheritance or a large oil and gas royalty check, and we handle it responsibly by following biblical guidelines, do you think God may just allow us to receive even more to manage?
1: I would certainly hope so. And I think I've seen it happen time and time again. Another aspect of money and wealth is investing it with biblical values. Let's look at what Solomon said about investing in Ecclesiastes 11, verse 2. Invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land.
0: So when we look at this scripture from Ecclesiastes, it's very clear that Solomon himself, the wealthiest man that ever lived in the history of mankind, believed in diversification. If you look at 1 Kings 10, 22 through 29, and again, 2 Chronicles nine twenty one through 28, these scripture references talk about all the things that Solomon invested in. And without reading the entire scripture, I'm going to give you five or six of these. One was transportation and ships. Another was commodities and currency, gold and silver. A third one was actually weapons. That's interesting. Fourth one was food production. Fifth one was livestock, horses, and cattle. Sixth one was building materials, trees, lumber, and stones. And I know a seventh one was land. So based on biblical principles, is it wise to put everything in only one type of investment? Say, only real estate, or only stocks, or only bonds. Or if you're just a business owner, just your own business, and that's all think from looking at this scripture, we can all agree from these scripture references, no, it's not, and the wealthy don't put all their eggs in one basket.
1: Now let's look at what we should or should not invest in using biblical guidelines. Ephesians 5, verse 11, speaks into this by saying, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Then in the second book of Corinthians, chapter 6, verse 17, the Bible says, Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you. And then in James chapter 4, verse 17, it says, Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin.
0: Boy, Mary Jo, these scriptures are very clear. According to these scriptures, should Christians put money into any company, business, venture, or partnership that is involved or promotes agendas that are contrary to biblical principles and values? The answer to that is no.
1: What if the company is extremely profitable and is just involved a little in an agenda that violates biblical guidelines, like maybe an ethics violation or two? Maybe they are simply a distributor of pornography. Is that so bad? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're messing with me now. Or maybe they buy from a manufacturer that is known for using child labor. I don't see what the harm is.
0: Yeah, I know you're messing with me. You're <laughs> acting like, you're acting like the you know, the advocate of there. Okay. Uh, just but a little really, sarcasm. Right. Yeah, I know it. You know, it's been our experience that companies that generally fall over time they violate one biblical principle, and then another, and then another. It generally starts with supporting an outside immoral agenda that we see, and then it finds its way into the inside of the company, and it's like that old slippery slope. And once you start down it, it's hard to turn back until you hit bottom.
1: As we always do here on Christian Financial Perspectives, let's go to God's words for some additional guidance. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people, craving money, have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. I know, Bob, you love that one. We've used it so many times here on the show.
0: Yeah, you know, marie Jo, that's because it's a warning to all of us of being careful of allowing greed to be the only motivator for investing in a company, regardless of what that company may be doing. We must be very careful of not doing that, because when you allow greed and emotions to overtake investment decisions, good things do not happen.
1: That's for sure. Learning to find contentment and doing the right thing is the right thing to do. And we'd like to end today's podcast on biblical viewpoints of money and wealth with this scripture from Paul.
0: I think this really speaks into not getting caught up, and it's all about the money. And this is what Paul said in Philippians 4, 10 through 13. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Now that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances, I know how to get along with humble means. And I also know how to live in prosperity in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. It's really speaking to the heart that we find contentment and not always needing more.
1: Thanks for joining us as we continue along in our series called Biblical Viewpoints of Money and Wealth. Join us next week when we cover giving and blessings, inheritance and legacy. That's all for now.
0: You are listening to Christian Financial Perspectives. Join us next week as we explore what God's word says about money. And don't forget, you can sign up for our free newsletter at ciswealth.com or give us a call at 877-71-TRUTH. That's 877-718-7884. To make sure you don't miss any of our podcasts regarding the truth about money, be sure to subscribe to Christian Financial Perspectives at christianfinancialpodcast.com for free. If there are any specific topics you would like to hear more about, we'd love to hear from you.
1: That's all for now. Until next week. Comments from today's show are for informational purposes only and not to be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any company that may have been mentioned or discussed. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host, Bob Barber and Mary Jo Lyons. Bob and Mary Jo do not provide tax advice and encourage you to seek guidance from a tax professional. Investment advisory services offered through Christian Investment Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Securities may also be offered through Satara Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other named entity and is not affiliated with Christian Investment Advisors, Inc.